0: I want to welcome you to week 27 of our look through the book of Matthew. We're looking at chapter 25 today as we continue our look from last week at Jesus' discourse on the Mount of Olives, his sermon, his long sermon about his own second coming. Last week, we took a look at some of the things that Jesus had to teach us about making sure that our hope was not misplaced, We placed it in Him and not in some temple or other religious thing and making sure that we were not misled by someone who came and promised some false truth about His second coming. He taught us it's going to be sure, it's going to be clear to those of you who are believers. And then we began to talk about being alert, being aware to the second coming of Christ. And as we've talked through this, we're really looking at how does the second coming affect my life now? What difference should it make in my life now? The second coming, the truth of the second coming, should not result in a feeling of confusion or anxiety for you as a believer. Jesus taught this to give us hope, and he taught it to show us how to live. So as we look at three different stories that Jesus told us in this 25th chapter, we're going to see how you and I can live the kind of hope that we can only find, only find in his power through his love. So, let's dig into the fifth picture that Jesus gives us. Remember last week we began to talk about seven specific pictures that show us how to be aware and awake and alive to the second coming of Christ. And in this fifth picture, he talks about he talks about a marriage, and he talks about readiness and preparedness in our lives. It begins in verse 1, listen to this story. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. 5 of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come and meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were there to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. And the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they replied. They said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. And therefore, keep watch, Jesus said, because you do not know the day or the hour. Now, as you and I hear through this story, there are some wedding customs that were in ancient Israel and still are practiced in some Middle Eastern cultures today that you need to be aware of in this story. It was customary for a couple to get engaged and then maybe wait upwards of a year for the actual ceremony. And unlike American weddings where you set the date, you send out the invitations, and then you have the beautiful ceremony right on time, The bride was to make her preparations and then wait for the bridegroom to come and get her when those preparations were complete. He was going to build a room, usually, that was an addition to his parents' home. And when he had built that room, when they had a place to live, then he would come and he would get her and they would go and they would have this wonderful week of celebration, this bridal feast, this wedding celebration. But nobody knew exactly in advance what time it was going to be. When was the house going to be finished? If you've ever done remodeling on your house, you know no one knows exactly when that's going to be finished. It's never finished exactly on time. The bride knew about when it was going to be. And when it was close to being finished, everybody would get ready, but they had to be ready for any moment in case it was today. This still happens, even though the room isn't built, it's not the same. It still happens in some Middle Eastern cultures that they will practice this tradition of surprising the bridal party so that they can go off to the wedding. In this story, there's these maidens who were fully prepared to receive the groom, and they rejoiced because they were ready. They were prepared. And there's those who were not prepared. They were there, but they weren't prepared for a long wait. And Jesus says, when it comes to the second coming, there's a lesson here for you and I. You gotta keep watch. You gotta be ready. Now, keeping watch means that you're ready. And here's the truth here for you and I you are ready for any moment. And keeping watch also means that you're ready to wait. You're ready for Him to come at any moment, and you're ready to wait for that moment. That's what it means to keep watch. So, as you look at your life, the question is are you ready for Jesus to come at any moment? And all the bridal party was ready for Him to come at any moment at the beginning. They all had their lamps and the lamps were full of oil, but there were some who brought extra oil in case they had to wait a little bit longer. So with all of them, there's this sense that he could come at any moment and they were ready for that at the beginning in one sense. That's something that goes in our hearts. When you look at your heart, are you ready for Jesus to come at any moment for that blessed hope, for that wonderful hope that only he can bring? That readiness for him to come at any moment is when you put all your hope in him. If you start putting too much of your hope in this world, then you don't feel ready for him to come. If you start putting too much of your hope in yourself, then you're not ready for him to come. The more you put your hope in Christ, the more you're ready for him to come at any moment. If you're going through persecution and difficulty and struggle, as we talked about last week, of course you're ready for him to come at any moment. Come and rescue me, Lord Jesus. If life is good and things seem like they're being blessed in your life, then you have to recognize that those blessings are just a small indication, small taste of what's going to happen in eternity. And your hope is really in him, not in those small blessings that you have on this earth. Are you ready for him to come at any moment? That's the first part of the readiness here. But then there's the second part. Are you ready to wait? Some of the bridesmaids, half of them, had brought extra oil. They were ready to wait as long as they needed for the groom to come and take the bridal party off to the wedding. And there were those others that were foolish, they were not ready for the long wait. And because of that, they were not there when the groom came. And when the, when the bride came and had this wonderful celebration, they somehow missed out on it because their hearts weren't truly ready for the wait. There are people who would say, I'm ready for Jesus to come right now, but I'm not trusting him enough to be willing to wait for him to come right now. I want immediate rescue. I want it on my timetable and my way. Now, being ready means also being ready to wait. So are you ready to wait? Are you ready to wait for his timetable in your life for him to come? Many times we have the resources that say I'm willing to have faith in the moment, but do you have the resources that say I'm willing to have faith to wait for Jesus's moment, to wait for the time that he comes? All down through Christian history, there are those who've had to wait for the moment when Jesus is going to come again. And as we've waited, some have faced persecution. Others have faced difficulty in their own lives. Many have faced the discouragement that comes from being in a world where it seems like evil is winning at sometimes, But the truth of the matter is we are waiting on hope. And so when you think about the resources in your life, they had to have more oil. They had to have enough oil. What do you need to have enough of to be willing to wait, to be ready to wait? Well, you have to have enough of what Paul says will last in the book of Corinthians. You have to have enough faith. You have to have enough hope. You have to have enough love. Those are the things going to last into all eternity. So whatever's going to last into eternity, you got to build enough of that into your life now so that you're ready. You're waiting for all of eternity. And as we pray today, looking just today, one day at a time, I want to pray that God will give you and I those resources in our lives because they come from Him. So let's trust Him for Him right now. Our Father, as we pray, we ask We ask for faith, hope, and love. We ask that those resources that cause us to be ready to wait, that those will be in our hearts today. So that whatever circumstance we face, whatever difficulty we face, whatever victories even we have, we'll realize our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in you. We're waiting for you. We're waiting for that incredible celebration of all eternity. And so, Jesus, we come and we trust you with this now. We pray that you put those resources into our hearts and lives just now. In your name. Amen. Tomorrow we're going to begin to look at Jesus' story about how to manage what he's given us while we wait.